C.S. Lewis wrote years ago, he said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our consciences, but he shouts to us in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. He shouts to us in our pain. Pain is not preferable, is it? Today we're going to talk for a few minutes about having a strong limp. I want you to get your Bible turned to Genesis chapter 32. Deb and I were at a basketball game a couple of weeks ago. And we noticed a man as he walked by us who could tell one of his hips were something was wrong with it and the leg was twisted and the and the heel, the foot. And, and he, he walked and he had a smile on his face, but he limped so much. And she looked at me. We both had the same thought in our mind about how much pain that man must be in and how we sometimes take the simple things like that for granted. When you notice somebody who walks with a visible limp, you realize how painful it is for them to to bend over or uh, to to do the simplest things. To 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 run is almost out of the question. I would assume even walking is very difficult. I I remember uh, vividly, though it's been years ago. In my high school years, I spent a lot of time in the whirlpool before practice, during practice, and after practice because I kept jumping up and coming down on other people's feet. Any of you basketball players know what I'm talking about? And as soon as I say that, there's if you've ever done that where you jumped up and you came down and the ankle hit wrong on the other foot, you, you immediately, you just, it just went there. You just broke out into sweat. Because you remember how bad that hurt. Ankle would turn black and blue and purple and green and red. and It'd take a long time to rehab it. It was a debilitating injury. I've had them sprained so badly that doctors have said that I would have been better off to break it. And I noticed whenever I had those types of injuries, I was much more mindful about things on the ground. Everywhere I walked, I looked. Because I didn't want to re-injure that. You're careful to guard against an injury, aren't you? Pain does that to us. It reminds us. It motivates us. It changes us. It requires our attention. Pain cannot be ignored. Just ask Jacob. Now, I'm told, though I'm not an expert in this particular sport, 
or in any other, but especially this one. Tried it a little bit, but only because I had to. Wrestling. That for a wrestler, his hips are crucial. Strength in the hamstrings, the low back, the hips, and the overall core are paramount to a wrestler's strength. So you remember the old song we used to sing about the hip bones connected to the thigh bone. You remember that one? Yeah. And so forth. It meant what it's saying is it's all connected. And when your hip is out of socket, or if the cartilage in that hip is gone, you're in tremendous pain. Just ask Jacob. He got into a wrestling match with an angel. Some people say it was the pre-incarnate Christ. And he fought with him all night long. You don't win battles when you fight with God, or do you? But you can get his attention. And Jacob said to this angel, I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. Genesis chapter 32, verse 27. So the man asked him, what is your name? And Jacob, he answered. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. He who struggles with God, because you've struggled with God and with men and you've won. He won. And the sun rose as he passed Penuel, and he was limping because of his hip. Verse 32 makes an implication that he was crippled by the encounter. The, 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 the King James says, the hollow shrank. Now, this is a crucial point in his life. You know the story? This is the story where Jacob's been gone for a long time, and he's on his way home. Last time he saw his brother Esau, they left on pretty bad terms. He had just stolen Esau's birthright, and Esau wanted to kill him. Jacob's been gone now. He's been working hard. His life has changed considerably in these years. The Lord's blessed him with family, flocks, a lot of material things. In fact, it numbers a lot of the things he's blessed with. It's a massive herd of animals that he is bringing back home. And he gets the word that Esau is coming to meet him. But Esau's coming to meet him with 400 men. Doesn't sound like Esau has a family reunion in mind. And Jacob looks around at all that he has. Women, children, flocks, shepherds, no soldiers. 400 men against a bunch of sheep and some shepherds. This doesn't look good. 
This is a crucial point. It's a crossroads. It's a, it's a dangerous place. And Jacob is fearful and he's anxious and he's worried. And he's stressed out. When you get in a place like Jacob was in that night, you usually aren't remembering the last promise God made you. Are you? Right now, you need to hear from God again in a big way. I'm talking to some people today who are in a wrestling match with God. It's a difficult place to be. How determined are you to hang on to him until you get a blessing or a word or a promise? My question is, are you Jacob determined? If so, then you can expect the following results. I wish you'd get your pen and write these down. Jacob wrestled with God and he held on to him until the breakthrough came because Jacob was, number one, determined. Verse 24, look at that. He's determined. Some of y'all can remember back to 1992, the Olympics, Gail Devers. She was an American sprinter. She was the clear leader in the 100-meter hurdles, and she tripped over the last hurdle. Do you all remember that? And agonizingly, we watched, the whole world watched as she pulled herself to her knees, and she crawled the last five meters. Do you remember that? And she finished fifth, but she finished My question is, are you determined to hang on until this thing is finished? Jacob was determined. Secondly, 25 and 26 says he was dependent. Determined, dependent. What do I mean by that? He's injured, but notice this. This is what's ironic. He's injured, but he's clinging to the one who injured him. The last thing I want to do, the person that hurt me, I want to get rid of them. Don't you? The order of it is you want to hurt them first and then get rid of them. (laughs) I want to hurt you and then I want to be done with you. But you're not clinging to that person. Why is Jacob hanging so desperately on to the one who has hurt him? Because this is the only one who can help him so he can't turn loose. How dependent on God are you in this match? Is he your only source? If man is your source, you're going to run out pretty quick. If God is your source... You can depend on him forever. If you know that God is your source, then you'll hold on to him no matter what. Job said, even if he slays me, I'm going to keep serving him. I'm going to hang on to him. Jacob is determined. Jacob is dependent because of this verse 27, 28. Jacob is different. Jacob, the name Jacob means the deceiver, the supplanter. In our vernacular, we'd call him the liar. 
But now God has changed his name to Israel. You know what Israel means? Prince of God. One who rules with God. Is that amazing to go from the guy who was known as the liar to the prince who rules with God? What am I saying? If you don't like your name, wrestle with God until he gives you the one he wants for you. If you're tired of going by the name people have given you, wrestle with God until you find out what God says about you. My name is Darren Wayne Rogers. My Aunt Sally called me her little John Wayne. I think that's where it came from. Darren McGavin and John Wayne. Darren Wayne. And that was the name I got whipped by coming up. You parents know what I'm talking about. You always, when you really want to get your kids' attention, you call them the full name. I don't know why we do that. It's like punishment means you get called your full name. Darren Wayne. And there's a belt coming or a paddle or something. Perfectly content now to be called Pastor D. I've never been hit after being called that so far. But Darren Wayne meant... I was like Pavlov's dogs. When you heard Darren Wayne, the bell was fixing to ring. You know what I'm saying? God calls me by a different name. He doesn't call me Darren Wayne most of the time. There's been times he had to. But most of the time, he calls me son and friend. I like son and friend better than Darren Wayne. You need to know what God calls you, not what people call you. And you can't find that out until you wrestle with him long enough for him to give you the name he calls you. And fourthly, he was delivered. Verse 30. The word there means rescued, preserved, and recovered. Jacob now is Israel. And Israel said, I have seen God face to face and lived to tell about it. You say, well, now nobody's ever seen the Father. And I understand that and lived to tell about it. But a lot of people have seen Jesus. A lot of people are still seeing him now in visions all around the world where they're coming to know Christ because he's coming to them in dreams and visions. A lot of people saw Jesus on the earth and a lot of people saw him before he got here on the earth and people are seeing him now since he left the earth. It's not a big deal to see this Jesus, this Christ. It is a big deal, but it's not something that doesn't happen. So he says, I've seen God and I've lived to tell about it. I'm wondering if you'll hang on long enough to see him until he delivers you too. Some people don't get their breakthrough because they turn loose of God too quickly. How desperate are you to hang on until... Until you see and until he blesses you with the deliverance that you're seeking. 
What a night this was for Israel. Wow. By daybreak, so many things had changed. He's a new man. This passage, he, he gets up from here with a new outlook. He gets up with a new identity, a new confidence, a new word from the Lord, a new blessing, a new promise. And he has something else that's new to him too. A limp. He went into this thing walking just fine. But now he's coming out of this with a dislocated hip. And listen to this. The place of strength for the wrestler has now been injured perhaps permanently. He'll never have the strength in that hip that he had before. This fight has cost him. He paid for this blessing. But he'll never forget the night because it changed his life forever. And everybody who knew him before could see the change. He's a different guy. He's stronger. He's more powerful. He's more blessed. But he limps. Why doesn't the limp go away? You ready for this? Because the limp is the outward sign of an inward change. And the inward change made you stronger. It's a testimony to the world. It's a reminder of Israel of that night. He's, he's limping in a newfound strength. He, he's more powerful than he ever was before the injury. You know where I'm going with that, don't you? Every battle and every injury and every tragedy and every brokenness and every pain and every loss has driven me back to the wrestling mat. And every time I face Esau, I find that, that, that Christ, that Jesus who's more than enough, and I grab a hold of him again. And I'll tell you something, I'm just like a snapping turtle. Once I latch on, I'm not turning loose. I've set my face like a flint. And I'm not going to turn loose until he blesses me. And I don't know about you, but I have a feeling you're a lot like me in this respect. I have a lot of limps now that I didn't used to have. I've got a lot of scars and injuries. And places that are broken that didn't used to be. I'll tell you, when I was a lot younger, I was a lot stronger and I had a whole lot less broken places but now i find that i've got a lot of things that don't look right knuckles that never did heal right and being broke fingers that point the wrong direction where's scotty jordan at scotty you were there the day this one did that standing out on a basketball court over in springdale and i looked at scotty in the middle of a game i said hey scotty he said what i said i think i broke my finger he said, it is broke. You got to go out. I said, no, we got to win first and then I'll go out. <laughs> he looked at that. And he said, that's just jacked up. The only thing I was worried about was making my guitar chords. I was like, I don't know if I'm able to. All of those injuries and limps and scars remind me. Of my victories. They remind me of my blessings. And my promises. And my future. Some of y'all need a new strong limp. I didn't tell anybody what I was going to do this past week. 
I've had several, several times in my life where the Lord called me away. And he told me, you've got to come up on the mountain. And that's meant different things at different times. Sometimes it meant that he wanted to speak to me about the church. He wanted to tell me where we were going, what we needed to do. And so I've gone away for a few days and then came back with fresh vision. He'd been calling me away. Shannon, you remember that. A couple of weeks he'd been calling me. And finally I told Deb, I've got to go. So I apologize to those of you this last weekend from Thursday on to about now that hadn't seen me or heard from me much. But I went back to the wrestling mat. I was shocked at what the Lord told me, and I'm not going to tell you all of that. I thought I went there for one reason, but I found out that it wasn't that at all. That he was just wanting to talk to me personally. He had some things to share with me about some of the limps I've acquired over the last few years. Some of y'all have been to those places, haven't you? The last two or three years. I encourage you, if you've never done this before, to do it, and it's hard. You say, I can't pray for a long period of time, Pastor. On Thursday, I prayed on my knees, on my face, on the floor, in a chair, walking for somewhere between six to eight hours. Yeah. The best part of that time was him talking to me. But I had told him, Lord, I need a counselor. I think I need a counselor. And he said, well, that's who the Holy Spirit is. And so I made an appointment, Greg, that no man would have ever put up with. No man would have ever put up with an eight-hour counseling session. But God did. Those are the times that change our lives forever. In the middle of those times, guys, you can literally see it. At one point, I literally saw the spiritual tank begin to fill. I could sense weights lifted off my shoulders, and I felt the tank. I felt the tank filling up. I don't have all the answers. I still don't know everything that I would like to, and he didn't tell me as much as I wish he would have. In fact, he didn't tell me what I thought he was going to. But what he told me was what I needed to go from Thursday till the next time. It only comes by holding on with him until. The identity changes, the circumstance changes, the situation changes only by hanging on until. 
Some of you need to get a counseling session with the Lord. Some of you need to say, I can't do that, Pastor. I've got kids. I've got jobs. I've got. Well, guess what? Everything you got, I got. And everything is relative, but I would venture in saying that I may have, in some cases, more than you got. The only way you can get your mind clear, and that's what some of you are dealing with today. I can't figure out how to get my mind clear, Pastor. I can't figure out how to get, I can't hear what I'm trying to hear. I'm trying to know and I can't know what I'm trying to know. I'm telling you, the only way it's going to happen is if you find him on the wrestling mat and you walk away with a strong limp. And here's why it's difficult. Because prayer is hard work. If you've ever done it, you know. And so you will find everything you can to keep you busy. I'm going to pray a few minutes and I'm going to go wash some towels. And then I'll pray a few minutes and then I'm going to go do something. Because it's easier. But if you want real results... You got to get away. You got to get away from your phone, huh? From the computer, from answering the door. Every once in a while, you need one of those times where you just go wrestle with God until. You're not going to find what you're looking for. Until you're not going to get what you're after until I'm not saying it's going to require six or eight hours or three days for you. But you'll know when the breakthrough comes. Because you'll feel him touch you. Hmm. And where he touches you. Will never be the same again. And that injury, every time you come across it for the rest of your life, will remind you of the time you spent on the mat gaining that victory. Some of you need to find that place. Lord, I'm asking you today, To draw us to a place. How ironic it sounds that we would ask. To be given a strong limp. How ironic that sounds. When pain is the very thing we strive the hardest. To relieve ourselves of and to separate ourselves from. God, you are looking to break us. In our brokenness, we'll be strong. 
Speak to our hearts right now. Speak to our minds. Call us to that place. Call us to that place of surrender. Folks, this altar right here may not be that place where you have that encounter. I would dare say you need to spend more time than the five or six minutes that you'd probably spend in this altar. But it's a great place to start. And I would say to you that if you feel like God is speaking to your heart and he's saying, I'm, you're the one I'm calling. I'm calling you just like he said. I'm calling you to come away. I'm calling you because I need to talk to you. I'm calling you to come away from every distraction. I'm calling you to come down and let me counsel with you. If that's you, I'd like you to acknowledge that just by coming to the altar this morning and saying, God, this is my act of surrender. Here's how you do it. I told the Lord about three or four weeks ago, I would go, but I needed him to tell me when and where. And then I struggled for a couple of weeks trying to find where. And I thought I was supposed to go to a cabin. I thought I was supposed to go out of town. I was looking all over. I couldn't find no, nobody to have me. Can you imagine that? Nobody wanted me. Finally, I realized I didn't have to go anywhere. I just had to shut it all out. And then I had to enter in. Going on the mat was tough because I knew I would come out different. It's funny, about an hour in, you don't think about the next seven. (laughs) Or the next two or three days. Because at that point, you're already broken and yielded and pinned. And you're just laying there hollering calf rope. And he says, and now I got your attention. And that's when the real work takes place. When he's got you in that place of submission where that he can look into your eyes and speak into your soul. How many of you today, God is calling you to that kind of an experience? God is calling you away saying I need to spend some time with you I got to get with you you've been dodging me so as Neil leads us in this song I want to open the altars and I want to ask our prayer team would you would you prayer team would you circle the building like you do so many times because I feel like some people this morning if they'll be honest and if they'll be open are going to want to come and just have a, a point of contact. They're just going to want somebody just to, to pray with them. This can be about anything. Healing, direction, help, whatever it might be. You want to pray with one of these folks, seek them out. Let them pray with you. But for all the rest, during this song, I want you just, if God's calling you, I want you to get up, make your way down to these altars. Get down on your knees and say, God, I'm coming. I'm down here today to tell you that I'm coming. I just need you to tell me where and when, but I'm coming. I'll do it. It's your act of surrender.